You are listening to the Technical SEO Podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Tech SEO Podcast. Today with me, I've got Rick, who's out in Denver. Uh, Would you like to give a bit of background information on yourself? Sure. Uh, My name is Rick Ramos. I've been doing SEO professionally since uh, 2008. Um, I've been through uh, through it all as far as digital marketing is concerned. I've uh, done PPC, I've done social paid and uh, organic. I've been HubSpot certified, uh, inbound marketing certified, you know, done the keywords and content thing. And um, technical SEO is is my favorite, always has been my favorite for the last uh, 13 or so years that I've been doing this work. Um, so technical has been my lean and also e-commerce has, uh, has been my lean as well. I just feel like, um, you know, you learn how the robots work, uh, you know, you kind of understand that the robot wants to think, uh, just as much, uh, like a human, uh, as it, as it can. And, um, just kind of build a website to, uh, to suit that and also suit the, uh, the people that are, um, that are coming to visit. And from that, based on what you were saying about how uh, robots are similar to the way humans are, uh, that they have to be able to access the site and so do humans, that brings us on to how best we should optimize a website for crawl budget. Oh, wow. That's a very, very broad question. Um, So um, just, you know, I'm sure that everybody listening um, already understands that the, the concept of crawl budget where Google has a finite amount of time and resources that it's willing to spend um, uh, crawling and, and understanding the website. And so maximizing that, um, that time that it's willing to spend um, is really the name of the game as far as, uh, as far as I'm concerned when I first get my hands on, uh, on a client website. Um, so uh, I guess, uh, you know, bringing it back to, um, to kind of, um, to kind of uh, uh, kind of paint a mental picture, right? Um, I like to think of technical SEO uh, as a garden, right? I'm a I'm an org- I'm a gardener. I have a very ambitious garden in uh, uh, in my backyard over here, and um, so I'd like to start, you know, from from the very beginning, from the garden box, right? From from the plot of land that you're actually going to 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 grow in, right? So um, you have your garden box. Say you've got your 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 four sides, right? You fill that you fill that with soil. That's going to be um, uh, your uh, that's going to be your CMS, right? Or your code structure, right? And then the soil inside is going to be is going to be that code. You want to make sure that you have the right kind of code for the right kind of uh, website that you're that you're trying to build, right? If we're talking about gardening, you want to make sure that you have the right soil for you know your hardiness zone for the types of uh, for the types of fruits and vegetables that you're going to um, that you're going to grow. So that's really where I spend most of my time on my day to day is just, uh, is is in that garden box and making sure that you know if we're talking about if we're talking about the crawl budget the finite amount of time and resources that'll be um, you know the uh, the overall uh, health of of the soil the overall health of your, of your code is is really the the place to start and making sure that. Um, making sure that everything that's important is uh, is is crawled and making sure that things that are not important are not being crawled. Um, 
we could start with the with, uh, great place to, to, to start there is, um, is the XML sitemap. Your XML sitemap is going to be your inventory, right? So if I'm a, um, you know, if I have a, uh, uh, say a brick and mortar business or say I have some kind of um, a wholesale business or even a retail business, then I have my, um, I have all of the products that I want to sell in the warehouse. And I know exactly what products I have on hand and I know exactly how many of them, uh, how many of them there are. And I know exactly how much money I'm going to be able to make potentially on all of those. So that's your XML sitemap right there. You have an inventory of all of your, uh, of all of the pieces of, of the website, every single page that you want to, um, that you want to express to your organic, um, uh, your organic search strategy. You want to make sure that's there. So that's going to be, that's going to be helpful for, for Google to know, or for, you know, search engine robots, um, no matter where they're coming from, to know what you, uh, what you intend to be in the index. And then it's also helpful for diagnostics. So when we go in there and, and look, we know exactly what's supposed to be there. We know which pages that um, uh, are important and which pages we want to have in our, uh, in our organic, in our organic strategy. Um, you know, from there, we want to talk about, you know, how, uh, how is um, users and also search engine robots finding that content? Um, are they starting at the home page and then going from there? Are they starting from a different point um, on a different, um, uh, perhaps funnel, right? Um, uh, and, you know, where are they coming in and how are they getting to, uh, how are they getting to the, the content? And we want to be sure that, um, you know, our just as we're doing um, uh, keywords and uh, content SEO, we want to make sure that um, you know the 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 most important parts to um, to any funnel, whether we're talking about um, uh, kind of a, a top of funnel thing with people have a lower awareness or looking just for you know uh, uh, an answer to their problem, they may not know what that problem is. You know, all the way to the what to the folks who already know about your brand or already know about what your um, uh, what you're offering or how you can solve their problem, and they're you know perhaps just looking for a place to um, input their credit card information. I guess that was, uh, that was a little verbose as far as, um, as far as just one question is concerned, but it was a very, uh, it was a very broad <laughs> question. Was that okay? No, I really appreciated the garden box analogy. Um, it really helped me get my head around it. And the likes of a sitemap is so important uh, to help search engines know what they can crawl, what they can't crawl, where to look, where not to look, especially if you're a large e-com site, that is vital to have that correct and up-to-date. So it's really important that it's dynamic um, to basically be a replica of what's been shown on the site. Right. Mm -hmm. And I yeah, think, that... sorry, go on. Oh, I was just going to say the dynamic nature of that is super duper important. You know, I have uh, from time to time, I'll um, be working on a client who, um, you know, who, you know, doesn't perhaps have the infrastructure in order to create a dynamic uh, XML sitemap. And, you know, they just end up, um, you know, just crawling the website and maybe, maybe just producing one out of Screaming Frog or things like that. But I find that takes, um, you know, that uh, causes a lot more uh, housekeeping issues than, than it really solves in the long run. Yeah, yeah, geez, imagine if you didn't do that regularly. Uh, your site could be so many versions old compared to your uh, sitemap. Um, right. And almost you'd be telling uh, like Google's bots to crawl a completely different site to what's actually live. And that definitely wouldn't be uh, optimized well at all. Uh, yeah, and, that, and, that, and that'll happen more often than, uh, uh, than you'd like to see. Oh God, <laughs> that isn't good at all. Um, so once you've sort of taken a look at the site map and the CMS and seeing how they sort of interact and how 
what languages are being used what would you do from there sort of thing um once they're they're all okay and they're set um would you like look at log files to see then how the site's interacting or what would you do i love looking at log files log files are one of my favorite um uh pieces of data to uh to look at however you know um it's difficult to get log files from uh from clients um, so, you know, I don't always have log files on hand. However, when I do, um, you know, I, I, I like to use them, you know, if I'm working on a client and they don't have maybe a log file analysis in their, uh, in their statement of work or in the contract that we're working on with them, I'd still like to ask and see if I get them. So I like to use those log files in a, um, just as another data point. Right. So if we're looking at if we're looking at the website, we're looking at all the, the URLs in the website. And so this is all of our owned content, our owned data. Right. We can put that together with um, with things like analytics, with a search console, with things like your keyword footprint or um, uh, or backlink profile. Right. And so we can see on a URL level, on a directory level or really on a um, on a on, on a site wide level what that what that value is. And so we can go ahead and put um, log files into that. And rather than analyzing the log files separately, we can just use those as another kind of uh, performance metric. Say, you know what, we uh, we have this page right here that has, um, you know, X number of uh, of referring domains, and it has Y number of, um, of of keywords, and then also we can look at at the crawl rate. We say, you know what, during the sample period, we had, uh, you know, Google made this many get requests to you know to this directory or to this URL, um, and it just kind of gives a, a, a you know as we're doing an, an analysis, just gives us another kind of thing to look at you know, rather than um, uh, putting those log files in uh, all by themselves. However, looking at the log files all by themselves can be helpful as well. Um, and I, really with those, uh, with those log files, the, the, the biggest benefit that I, um, uh, that those have given me um, has been um, uh, kind of clarifying a hunch. Right. Okay. You know what? I think that uh, here's 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 a situation that I ran into a number of years ago. I had a client who um, had all of their internal search results that were um, indexable and they were crawlable and everything like that. And so we all know that you know those shouldn't be there. Yeah. So, but I had a hard time convincing the uh, um, the the leadership, the company leadership, that this is something that we wanted to do, that we wanted to get that out of there. The company leadership were just convinced that. Um, that you know, Google needs to crawl all of these things, and you know, it's the only way that we're going to be able to get to the content. So I asked for some log files. We got some log files. Found out that Google is spending over eighty percent of its time in inter internal search, mm. right? I said, you know what? Like, yes, okay, they they may be necessary. They may be helping Google to get to this other content, but they're only in this, uh, you know, they're only in 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 these kind of low value sort of pages, and they're not reading the stuff that you actually want, you know, people to land on when they do a Google search. So I went ahead and um, uh, so I used that number that those log files to just confirm right as, as a confirmation sort of thing so I could sell this um, so I could sell the strategy to um, to a company leadership so they bought in we went ahead and removed all of the um, 
internal search results from uh, from Google. We use a three step process. First, what we did is uh, we put a um, a no index tag on that uh, on those pages. We um, created a uh, we created an XML sitemap that just had a few samples of the internal of of popular internal searches. So Google was able to go ahead and crawl all those. Um, and then after we let that um, we let that sit and we let the that kind of we let Google chew on that for about six eight weeks probably, and um, then we just uh, then we just um, uh, disallowed the entire internal search directory um, using uh, using a robot so robots.txt so. Um, when we started doing that, it was right before Thanksgiving. We went ahead and put those no index, um, uh, no index tags in the header of all of the internal search results, and Google started um, taking them out of uh, out of the index. And within a week, um, we saw a about a three hundred percent increase in clicks and impressions inside of uh, Google Search Console. So um, just like a, an example of, you know what, like we already know the answer. The answer is taking, uh, taking the internal search uh, results out. However, um, uh, company leadership was not convinced. And so we used that number that, you know, that, that I think it was like 83 to 85% or something like that, you know, to say, you know, let's, let, let's pull back on this. So we went ahead and pulled back on this. And luckily, um, we won really big on that. That's crazy that it managed to increase so significantly for both like clicks that is, geez, I bet they're really pleased that they did that. <laughs> yeah, I was really pleased too. That's uh, that's that that is definitely one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest quick increases in in organic traffic that I've ever accomplished using only technical SEO. And I guess something that would be in the back of my mind when you're having to sort of suggest this strategy to them. Were they concerned that, geez, we've got all these uh, search query pages that um, people are looking for almost? Um, if we remove these from the search and don't have them indexed, um, was it a battle of uh, then them being concerned about no longer ranking for as much or keywords? And was that ever an issue or was it mainly just um, just trying to convince them that it's the right thing to do overall to maximize Google seeing the, the site, the more um, valuable pages on the site? You know, to be perfectly honest, I'm not really sure what uh, what the specifics of their of their pushback were. Okay. Um, however, um, you know, I do know that uh, what what I what I think is that they had an idea of how Google works. Right. They have an idea of how Google search, you know, as as a piece of software works. And they really thought that they needed to have all of these um, uh, these 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 pages or these, you know, uh, search facets, basically um, uh, uh, crawlable. Otherwise, Google wouldn't find all of their content. Um, and yeah. so they were really concerned that, you know, Google's using these as a um, as as a pathway, as a crawl path in order to find all, uh, all of the content. And um, the content was a uh, was job boards, right? It was a job board, so there's lots and lots and lots. You know, similar to an e-commerce uh, kind of situation where you have that 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 type of uh, that type of category model where you have you know category subcategory and then you know uh, your PDP if it was e-commerce, but you know your job pages since it was a since it was a um, a jobs listing. And really, the only difference between a job that jobs kind of uh, uh, structure and e-commerce structure is um, the jobs only last about um, thirty to ninety days, right? And then they're pulled. Uh, and then they're pulled down. So, um, 
You know what? I apologize. I went off on that tangent and I totally lost the question. It's fine. Don't worry. You pretty much answered it anyway. It, it was, um, like you said, they had an idea of how Google interacted with the site. Right. And right. I guess it's it's quite easy to get confused on how Google interacts. I know I've been looking uh, quite a lot on how, like how Google gets onto a page, how it moves, how it um, like renders. And it's quite interesting and how like a second crawl might happen, but ultimately you'd rather it all, um, like Google got all the information in the first crawl just to prevent uh, like resources being wasted. Um, like that was something that I was looking into for a client doing an infinite scroll and mm. how the issues around um, bots crawling a site and the duplicate content that can happen. Um, so yeah, it's really, really important to make sure that Google's got the easiest possible chance of seeing each page and understanding it and then also being able to get to the next one. And I'm sure you've uh, had many of those conversations as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, we, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say the more often a, a page is crawled, um, the higher it's going to rank. Um, however, it is, uh, I mean, it's, it's really easy to say that, but it's really hard to prove that. Right. Um, so what I like to, what I like to, to tell, um, you know, my clients is that the more often a page is crawled, the more potential that it has to, um, to, to rank in a competitive way. Um, you know, and that's a correlation. It's not a it's not a causation. However, um, you know, if we are looking in, in log files, then we do see that um, that pages who that rank more highly typically are pages that um, that are crawled more often. And there are other correlations that we can make to that. You know, the, the pages that are crawled more often are also closer to the closer to the host name in the directory structure. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that, that's not to say that um, that's not to say, you know, if your if your page is closer, then it's going to get crawled more. It's just one of those cor correlations that we look at and we try to understand and we kind of bring into the to, to the bigger picture, because even with that one, um, even with that one little element or even with that one little bit of um, uh, information that we have, there's still a lot of different things that um, uh, that that will go into it. Right. So, you know, if we're looking at um, say we've got six, six to eight. Um, items in our in our top menu right some of them are crawled more often some of them are crawled less often well let's see how many internal links or external links we have to each one of those six to eight pages and just like you know in a just looking at something very um kind of distilling something down into um uh, and just as, as simply as possible those are the types of things that we want to find Mm, yeah, I definitely think internal links are quite often overlooked, but they are so valuable. And once that like implemented correctly across the board, it can have such a halo effect if the content is really good as well to like get uh, bots moving across around all of the site. Yeah, absolutely. We just um, uh, we developed at uh, at Sear in the at the Sear Interactive Technical SEO team. Um, one of our uh, one of our senior managers, Allison. Um, uh, created an equation that um, that is supposed to mimic page rank, and so we have uh, we have this really great internal link analysis that that we built based on that. Where you know we'll just do we'll, we'll crawl the site, we'll uh, um, uh, we'll put this this page rank um, uh, this page rank script through uh, through the crawl that we've done, just um, basically counting the internal links and then counting how we think that page rank might be passed, um, and then you know the output will be just like a list of 
of a list of pages like we want you to link to these pages we can link to them from these pages and these are the uh, uh these are the keywords that we'd like to um that we kind of would like to express in the anchor text sort of thing and um yeah, that's a that, that's a fun that's a fun analysis to do, um, and uh, and it does um, and it does bring results. I guess once you've sort of seen how, like, you've taken a look at the log files to then conduct that afterwards to really sort of encourage uh, bots to crawl in maybe more higher value pages that will really help. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if I'm doing a if I'm doing a log file and or if I'm doing a uh, an internal link analysis and um, making recommendations there, I love to have a um, a log a sample of log files from before um, the links were implemented and then uh, and then also after, right? So you know, we'll have say you know two weeks of uh, of log files. Um, from before, we take a look at that, implement those, uh, implement those internal link recommendations, and then um, take another sample, another two-week sample of uh, of log files after you know about four to six weeks, and um, we can watch how that changes. And a lot of times, um, you know, the the changes that we made, uh, the changes that we recommended in the in the log uh, in the internal link analysis, um, are are expressed in um, in higher crawl rates. I think that would be really interesting to see. I've, I've only ever done log files once. Um, it's like you said, it's so difficult to get them from clients. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe next time uh, I'll see if I can do it again. Um, as in like after, after we've made changes, just to see how the interaction differs uh, by making some relatively small sort of changes to um, pages by a link in here and there so I think that'd be really interesting super interesting and then we also have um you know we have access to um to you know we as in SEO professionals have access to tools that kind of uh that kind of monitor that thing for you like your deep crawl your on crawl botify where um you know if you do have you know this is I've found that this is a lot easier to kind of uh, manage the logistics if you're in in-house rather than agency however you can go ahead and plug your log files directly into uh into that software and you can look at um you can look at crawl rate correlations together with all of the other things that um those uh, uh, those pieces of software kind of analyze right so we can look at um, you can look at uh, uh, you know log files over uh, over a long amount of time. You know you can you can look like uh, you could look at at log files over you know say a quarter or say half a year or something like that, which can be really really helpful. You know if we do make any kind of SEO changes, then we can also look at a very in a very specific way at um, how Google is uh, uh, is crawling the website. You know if we don't have um, if we don't have uh, log files, then it's really nice to um, now that. Uh, Google Search Console um, put the um, uh, the little crawl rate uh, graphs in uh, into Search Console. We can look at that, get some little anecdotal in information. However, if you're um, you know you say you know what we we launched a content campaign and we launched it on this day and you know what we want to look at it you know at this day in the future sort of thing, you can correlate crawl rate with that too when you're using those kinds of things that ingest those uh, uh, ingest and parse those log files on a continuous basis rather than if we're just doing a log file analysis or you know we don't have a tool like that and we just uh, have to use a, a sample of a few weeks. Mm. Do you often find like there are any sort of common like things that are overlooked when it comes to crawl budget for example um, 
someone might be doing a migration and they are completely changing uh, the way that they're, let's say, um, doing it internationally, the, the, the way it's been set up. And do you find that they will often overlook the redirects um, when changing, like going from a subdomain to a subfolder? Because I'm guessing it's probably really important that to look at those redirects and to update them so they go directly from like A to B, because otherwise we'd have so many chains that a bot would have to crawl. Um, are you aware of, are there any common sort of mistakes that are often overlooked or issues that arise? Oh, so in the uh, in all of my years of 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 being an SEO consultant, I've you know I've been in house, I've been agency, but I've done most of my work in agency. So I've had my hands on a lot of different websites. And one thing that I see, uh, one thing that I, I just the, the one thing that's coming to my mind when you ask that question is um, is disallowing the whole website in robots.txt when uh, when the site is launched. Yeah. Um, that's just something that uh, it's just so simple and it's just so something that we all that we all know and it's you know it's it's a reflex but it's not a reflex for everyone you know and so that's something that I always be sure to um, to to mention to my clients no matter what their level of technical understanding is I like to mention that more than once um, because you know what accidents happen and, uh, yeah. and, and that accident, I, I've, I've seen that happen. I've, I've seen that happen a lot. You know, Bennett agencies have, that have gotten um, clients because they had done something like that, you know? Or um, another one is, uh, you know, one thing that I, one that I ran into just once is um, this, uh, this company was using a, a third party to launch. Um, they were migrating their, all of their um, like blog content, all of their yeah. um, uh, blog content to, um, to another platform. Um, it was going to be a proprietary code base that was, you know, uh, that belonged to the vendor and everything like that, uh, did the migration and they, and they tanked. Well, first of all, they didn't do, um, they didn't do their, um, uh, they didn't do their redirects correctly. They had an agency partner that they were working with at the time, but they didn't tell their agency partner that they were doing, um, a migration. And so the agency wasn't involved. They just wanted to do it themselves and save some money, I guess. Um, so they didn't do their redirects. They lost all their traffic and then they figured out what they needed to do. And they, um, they went ahead and fixed all those things. But, you know, even after, you know, months to even a year or more after that, they never recovered to, you know, a quarter of the, um, of, of the, uh, of the value that they had in the past, a quarter of the traffic that they had in the past. So um, I got in there, put my hands on it, realized that this uh, third party that they migrated to had an X robots header tag that was um, that was disallowing the site. There was no indexing all of their content. And, you know, they didn't know to look for that. Um, and I found it by accident. It's the very first time that I found that, that I've seen that issue where they're using, you know, an X robots uh, uh, tag in the, in the header response, you know. So that one was, uh, yeah, that one was tough too. So yeah, I guess if, the, if there is a thing, uh, if there's a little bit of advice, if you're migrating, just don't, don't, uh, don't de-index your whole site. Yeah, that is, that is definitely a really good one to point out. <laughs> it's probably like quite an um, accidental common issue um, to occasionally happen. And you're probably racking your brains like, what the hell's gone on? Why is it absolutely tanked? And then you realize, oh God, I've gone and done this. Um, and then to rectify it, you can remove the tag, but it's a case of trying to then get Google back on it quickly and 
take a look over all the pages, rank and index. It's probably just an absolute nightmare. Yeah, and after after a year of uh, after a year of being de-indexed and not knowing what's going on, you know, you're they never they never recovered to where they were before. Um, but I also have some you know uh, some critical words for for that company altogether. So, um, but that's all I'll say there. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be make sure to check that you're not disallowing the whole site and that no like directive tags are being applied as well um, on like additional content or on a third party site a platform. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, are there anything, piece of advice that you could potentially like offer someone like me of like, where would you, what, like as a beginner, where would you say the best place to start to learn, learn about crawl budgets, learn about how to optimize them for what advice would you give uh, like a newer SEO? Um, well, uh, I'm old school, but, uh, uh, so I'd say Moz. Um, the Moz uh, intro to, to SEO um, uh, set of um, set of content is just is awesome. It's second to none. Um, it's a really, really, really good place to start. Um, you know, uh, uh, on top of that, um, use Twitter um, to, uh, you know, I built, uh, you know, I met all the people that I that um, that helped me start my career um, through Twitter. And you know what, uh, uh, the SEO industry um it, uh on twitter is um is very well you know what they they have been very <laughs> kind they can be very unkind um yeah. however um you know a lot of the people who um uh, the the influencers that you see who are writing content who you know are um you know that are are actively um talking to other people in the industry people who you know uh, like john mueller will will absolutely yeah. go and and reply to their tweets right um, you know, find, um, you know, find the folks that, um, that are doing the type of SEO that you like to do, whether it's, you know, the technical, the content, the local or anything else and, um, and, and try and find, um, you know, where they're, uh, where they're talking, you know, whether that be a, a conference, whether that be, you know, if they're writing a, an article in search engine journal, or whether that be, you know, they've got their own blog and all they're doing is kind of expressing their, uh, their knowledge, you know, um, to, uh, to, to Twitter. So, um, yeah, not, uh, not always the best place for everything, but, um, I've had a lot of, uh, a lot of luck and learned a lot of things, um, just, just from SEO Twitter. Yeah, no, I agree with you on the Twitter. There's some really nice and helpful people and definitely there's a big community out there that are willing to help people. Um, so I agree that it's a good place to go to and lots of content updates, um, things that important information is often shared on that platform. So yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Anytime that there's an, uh, there's an algorithm update, you know, then, you know, it, it gets, uh, so somebody figures it out, you know, uh, Marie Haynes typically, and, um, <laughs> somebody at Lily Ray and they'll figure it out. Right. And they'll, um, they'll maybe write something about it or they'll be talking about it. And, you know, really all the hard work is done for you. You know, these exactly. folks, you know, like the, like, um, who else like Ashley Berman Hale or Jamie Alvarico, like they, they do the work, you know, and, um, and they make they really, they make, they make our lives easy for us. Mm, no, I agree. Um, I really appreciate you joining me today and sharing lots of insightful information. And thanks very much for taking part and being a guest on the Tech SEO podcast. Thank you. Uh, I'm honored to be, uh, uh, to be here. And if there's anything that I could do for you in the future, please let me know. That's great. Thank you.